I want to preach to you today about being bold. As I, every week when I type out my sermon notes, there's certain words that I will literally bolden and I will enlarge them on my sermon notes because I want them to stand out. I want, I want to look at those, the red or the blue, I want to make them get bigger than the rest of the words. They mean something a little bit more. We're living in a season right now where God is calling the church to get bold on some things that matter. And um, I was watching this last week, I was looking on social media and I, I came across this video of this girl who was giving a speech at her graduation and she's a senior in high school and um, shout out to class of 2021. Come on graduates. And um, she was like really, she was really nervous and I, I felt for her, I was, I was watching, I was like, oh man, she's really nervous, she's shaking. And I've been there before. I get nervous speaking to y'all. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, what's she gonna say? And she has her script, you know, that's been approved by her teachers, because they always, the valedictorian um, always has to have a speech that's been approved. And she's graduating from this conservative private school in Texas, and, and she's getting ready to give the speech, and all of a sudden she's like, I gotta go off script. And I was like, uh-oh. She's like, I'm going off script. And she's shaking, and all of a sudden she begins to boldly declare her thoughts about some of the laws that have been passed in Texas um, uh, on abortion. And she starts saying, you know, a woman has a right to have an abortion whenever she wants, at whatever um, the age the baby is in her womb. And she boldly begins to declare her beliefs at, 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 in this, you know, private school, conservative school in Texas. And people are scrambling. You can hear the gasps in the background. People are scrambling, to, like, to turn off her microphone and, and stop her from talking. And, and she's boldly declaring and right after that video, the next thing I saw on social media was people boldly declaring their you know, sexual preference and Pride Month and boldly coming out with who they love. And, and I was looking at all, all this stuff where people were just making bold declarations. And I thought, you know, if the world gets to be bold about what they are bold about, then the church better get bold about what we believe and where we stand and what we read in our word. It's time for the church to take off the mask. The pandemic is over. And you know what? It's time for the church to be bold with our words, bold with our truth, bold with our love, bold with our compassion. And I'm looking at a church that is bold. I'm looking at a church that never really did close down or shut down, but only got bolder and stronger through the pandemic. Everybody say, be bold. God calls us to speak bold words. As I watched that girl deliver her speech on, on, on social media, as I was watching her deliver her speech, she was saying some bold words in front of her family. And let me just say some bold words for you today. God loves you so much. He created you in his image and he made you not as an accident. If you're a male, he made you to be a mighty man of God. If you're a female, he made you to be a mighty woman of God. And he gives us the instructions for marriage that it's between one man and one woman. And I'm telling you, when you look in the word of God, he outlines in scripture a, a life that pleases him. And God values life at conception, not just when a baby is outside the womb of a mother, but even when the baby is inside the mother's womb. And we live in a world that's trying to convolute the truth, that's trying to make everything gray, and your truth is my, and, and if you have a truth that's different than my truth, then we're gonna cancel you. And you know what? I, I love people who disagree with me. I love them, and I will respect them, and, and they can have whatever opinion they wanna have. But I'm also entitled to my own opinion, and my opinions are founded in the Word of God. 
and bold words, bold words, not just words of where you stand, but speaking bold words over your dreams. But see, boldness, it, it starts, it starts with knowing who you are and knowing whose you are. It starts with knowing who, who God is inside of you. The definition of boldness means the willingness to take risks, the willingness to act with innovation, the confidence, the courage to dare to go beyond the usual limits of conventional thought, to go beyond your comfort zone, to, to imagine things that people haven't seen, to be free from intimidation, right? We're, we're living in a society where people are, are telling everyone, go do something bold, and, and people are making bold actions and bold declarations outside of God's design for their life. And as I see it, I'm thinking, man, if the church doesn't get bold about some stuff, we're gonna lose a generation. Like the church has to continue to take stands every year on some things that matter. Whether it's life beginning at conception or God's description of marriage or, 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 or even just knowing who we are in Christ, our identity. There's so many confusing agendas that the world is spreading and boldly declaring Letting, like, children define who they are, uh, you know, and, and if a boy wakes up and he's five years old and one day he thinks he's a girl, then he gets to boldly declare he's a girl, and if a girl thinks she's a boy when she's seven, and, and, and it's like if we think we get to define who we are, we're literally slapping the creator in the face saying, you don't know what you designed, you made an accident, but I'm telling you, God doesn't make accidents. If you were created in the image of God, you are not an accident. You are a mighty man of God, a mighty woman of God. And our world is just pushing people to be bold about feelings and thoughts and just giving full vent to whatever our emotions tell us we are, and it's confusing. And so I just felt like this was a weekend where I just need to preach on some bold stuff. So um, are you guys okay with that? Even if you're not, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to go for it. When I was a kid, I struggled with boldness. I was a shy kid. I was a kid who easily got, like, afraid, embarrassed. I'd pee my pants in front of people. <laughs> and I remember being in children's church, and Pastor John and Shirley Tash, they were playing a game, and they called 12 kids up to play this bucket game, um, to stack buckets on top of each other, and who could stack the buckets the fastest. And, and they called all these names, and then they said my name. And I was like, oh my goodness, they just said my name on the microphone, you know? And I was, I was so nervous, I was like six years old, I'm walking up to the stage, I'm crying, I'm sad, I'm so embarrassed, and I haven't done anything. Like, I'm literally just not, I'm not a bold kid. I was so shy, I wanted to be invisible. Like, I just wanted to not even be seen, not even be heard, and, and, and yet here I am preaching on a stage to thousands of people, but I never thought I would do this when I was a kid. I was the most shy little kid and afraid to hold the microphone and afraid to be on stage. I remember in 1992, I went to Skate World on a, on a, a, a field trip with my school. How many of you guys remember Skate World? Skate World, roller skates. We would go roller skating, and they would, like, play songs and say, hold hands with your partner while you skate around. You guys remember Skate World? Okay, it was like right over here on 71st and Lewis back in the day, um, before it was a comedy club and before it was like a dance club. And now I have no clue what's over there anymore. <laughs> no, but I remember Skate World and I remember skating around and, and I, I went over to this arcade game to play this game and I won a ring. A ring came out of the arcade machine and it was like, it had a skull, a skeleton head on it. And I was like, this is awesome. And I had a crush on this girl named Katie and I didn't know how to tell her. I was like, ah, I'm so scared to tell Katie that I like her. So I thought, I'm gonna put a ring on her desk. So I had this skull ring and I was so nervous, so shy. And again, like I never wanted to be seen or heard. And so 
while she was talking to someone else, I ran over to her desk. I stuck the skull ring on her desk. The ring was burning a hole in my pocket. had to get rid of it. So I put the ring over there, ran back to my desk, and just buried my head in my desk. I was like, oh, I hope she doesn't know it was me. And all of a sudden, she starts looking around the room. She's like, who gave me this skull ring? And I was like, it wasn't me. It was don't look over at me. It wasn't me, you know. And all of a sudden, her mom walks into the room because it was the end of the day and her mom came to pick her up before anyone else and her mom had seen me put the ring on her desk and Denise Guter walks into the classroom. I still remember this. This, like, it's burned in my memory. I was six years old. I was turning seven. I was so embarrassed. Denise goes, Katie, come here. And she takes Katie with the ring and walks right up to me and I'm like looking up there. I'm like, <laughs> and she goes, Paul, and I was like, yes. And she was like, I saw you put that ring on my daughter's desk. I was like, ah, you know, I was so nervous. I thought I was going to die, go to hell. I was like, it wasn't me. And she goes, yes, I saw it was you. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. She was like, no, it was really sweet. Katie, tell him thank you. And she was like, thank you for this skull ring. <laughs> you know, but I was so embarrassed. And, and I think about how in the Bible, like, Boldness starts in, in little decisions. Boldness doesn't just start for the big things. It starts with the little things. And, and it starts, like before David took out Goliath, David had the boldness to face lions and bears when he was taking care of his dad's sheep. David had the boldness to go and, 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 and serve his father's sheep. Boldness starts in the small things. If you're taking notes, you could just write this down. Boldness starts with small, little decisions. It starts with the little things. Before you do something big and bold for God, you got to start doing some bold things on a regular basis. Little steps. If you have a Bible, go to 2 Samuel 23, verse 20. Yeah, you can make some noise. We love the Word of God. And, and this story is about one of the mighty warriors that served under David. If you were to read all of 2 Samuel 23, um, it says there was a group of men who banded together to serve David when he was in the caves of Adullam. So while David was not the king yet, and he was running from Saul, who was the king, and who was jealous of David, David lived in the caves, and all of these broken men came to him, and, and, and they were like going through their own stressful circumstances. They, they, were, they were running from problems they had in their own life and family issues. And so they all came together with David, and, and this group of broken men started working together, serving together, and fighting together. And I love that because I just think about how the church is not a, a place for perfect people, but a bunch of people who are coming together and serving Jesus and finding hope and bringing victory to people and bringing hope to a world that's hopeless. And so David and his mighty men, they, 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 they would fight these armies. And it gives a list of all these different guys who served David, names that you would read in the Bible like Eleazar and, and Josheb and, and uh, all of these interesting guys who did amazing things. But you get to verse 20. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 20, and it says, Now Benaiah, and I love that because that's the name of our second son, Benaiah. Now Benaiah was a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, and he performed great exploits. By the way, anytime they listed a mighty warrior, they always said who he was the son of. Because before you can become a mighty warrior, you got to know who you're the child of. Right? Your, your, your boldness comes from your identification of who your father is. When you know who your father is, you have the boldness to go and pursue the enemies that are in front of you. Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, The righteous are as bold as a lion. 
Why? Because they know where their righteousness comes from. I don't earn my righteousness. I'm not righteous because I do right things. I'm righteous because Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He adopted me into his family. And he said, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. So Benaiah was the son of Jehuida. And because he knew who his father was, he knew who he was. When you know whose you are, you know who you are. Boldness comes from an identification of knowing whose you are before you know who you are. And so because he knew he was the son of a great father, he became a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, and he performed great exploits. I want you to underline that. I believe the calling for every Christian is to do great exploits, to do great things. You were not born to just survive. You were not put on planet earth to just eke through life and stay invisible and never, never stand out. There should be a difference when Christians walk in the room, when Christians go through a crisis, we should stand out. We shouldn't be like the rest of the world, cowering back in fear, wearing our masks, afraid of everything. No, we should be the ones that are showing up on the front lines doing great exploits even during troubling times God always did amazing things even when times were not amazing God got like boldness is not confined to easy seasons boldness is not confined to exciting seasons David was bold even on familiar days David was bold even during a routine job a job that he had to wake up on Monday in the month of June and go to work when all of his friends were on vacation, Instagram in their lives. David found boldness even on the mundane Mondays. David was bold even in familiar jobs. Boldness is not confined to exciting seasons. Boldness is not confined just to your wedding day or when you launch a company or when you have a child. Boldness shows up even on Mondays. Boldness shows up when you witness to someone at Walmart that you're afraid to talk to, but you start the conversation and you invite them to church. Boldness shows up in the small steps. Boldness shows up on Mondays. That's a good word right there. Just say that with me. Boldness shows up on Mondays. So, so Benaiah, he struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. The King James Version says these two mighty warriors, they were lion-like men. They were men who were like known in the community as the strongest men. They were big, they were tall, they were hairy, they were muscular. They, I mean, it was like, if you've ever seen like Troy, these guys were like big, they were muscular. And, and Benaiah goes right at him and takes him down. And then right after that, the final sentence of verse 20 says, oh, and he also went down into a pit on a snowy day and he killed a lion. <laughs> like we're gonna add that little sentence at the bottom, what? Imagine with me, just for a second, close your eyes, don't go to sleep. Imagine with me, you're outside, it's, it's, it's snowing, it's February, it's Tulsa, it's freezing, and all of a sudden you see a lion in the distance. And this lion has escaped the zoo, and he's hungry. And he's walking down the streets of Tulsa, and you are staring this lion, and he is looking at you, and he is like 50 feet away from you, and all of a sudden he starts running right at you. This is a big lion, this is Mufasa. And Mufasa is running right at you, but what he doesn't see is that there's this big sewage hole right before you, and he leaps in the air, and you take one step back, and he falls into that sewage hole. What would you do? Most of us in the room would go, praise God, I'm delivered. The lion fell into a pit, and I don't have to deal with it anymore. It's somebody else's problem. You know what Benaiah did? 
Just open your eyes, just for a second. You know what Benaiah did? The lion fell into a pit. Benaiah starts to walk and then takes a running and jumps into the pit with the lion. He jumps into the pit with the problem. He jumps and he faces his fears head on. It is time for the church to face our fears head on. Stop running from your lions. Stop running from your depression. Stop running from your addictions. Stop running from the crisis. Stop running from your responsibilities. Stop running from the lion and get in the pit with the lion. Benaiah jumped into the pit while it was snowing, while it was snowing. Most of the, the um, amazing opportunities that have come in my life have come on non-opportune days, snowy days, days that weren't easy, days that no one else was going to do this, days that I was looking around to see if anyone else was gonna open up and no one else was, days when I was looking around to see if anyone else could show me how to get on the roof and preach to cars <laughs> and figure out how to lead church services during a pandemic, and no one else was. Most of the opportunities that come in our life do not come on opportune days. They come on days when you're not really feeling like doing it. And yet Benaiah jumps into the pit, and he faces the lion. What are the lions that you're facing right now? What's holding you back from living with boldness? For some of us, it's shame. Shame from sin that we've, we've committed. And sin will keep you in a place of paralyzation. Because when you feel like you're a sinner and you feel like, man, I've just blown it, Paul. There's no way I could, I, I, there's no way I could step out and be used by God. There's no way I could expect great things because I've, I've just made too many mistakes. The problem with sin is it keeps us in a place of shame. And, and, and like Adam and Eve, we distance ourselves from God. We distance ourselves from forgiveness. We distance ourselves from being used by God or expecting to do audacious, bold things because we feel ashamed. We feel regretful. We feel guilty. For some of us in the room, it's not sin, it's just we're afraid of failing in front of people. Paul, what if I wrote that book that I've been thinking about writing, and what if I release it, and what if nobody buys it? Or what if I have to give the book away to everybody and no one even likes it? And what if I launch this business and it fails? What if I sign up for that school and I don't get accepted? What if I step out and ask the girl out on a date and she says no, at least you tried. What if I was to tell you the story about a guy who was on a boat with 11 other dudes and they saw someone walking on water. And this one guy on the boat says, I think I'm supposed to do that too. And he calls out and says, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come. And Jesus says, come. He doesn't say, come Peter, he says, just come. In other words, the invitation to walk on water was for any of the guys on the boat, but only Peter had the guts to at least step out of his comfort zone and start walking on water with Jesus. It happened, it happened. And Jesus is inviting all of us in this room to take a step out of our comfort zone and to live with boldness, to live with courage. I remember watching this movie um, with my, my wife and, and, and it was probably five or six years ago, it was a movie called We Bought a Zoo. Anybody ever see that movie? And uh, it's an interesting movie, but there's this one moment in the movie where the son is like super nervous. He wants to ask this girl out, but he thinks she doesn't like him, and he's saying dumb stuff, and he's kind of like just blown his chances with her, and, and he thinks there's no way, you know, that, that they're ever going to like each other, and, and he says, Dad, I just feel like a loser. I feel like a failure, and his dad says, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of crazy courage, and 
I would love to explain it to you, but instead of explaining it to you, let me show you the clip. You just need to watch what happens. Check this out. What happened with you and Lily? I don't know. I guess I didn't listen to something she told me or something. I mean, I liked her. It's like you embarrass yourself if you say something. You embarrass yourself if you don't. You know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of just embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something great will come of it. Everybody say, <laughs> Just young love. But you know what I love about that moment right there? Yeah, you can give a hand to the movie. I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> You're like, do we clap for that? Is that okay? How many of you guys have been there before? Have you ever just felt nervous about like saying something, doing something? Ten of us in the room. The rest of you guys are just amazing. Can I get a little bit more participation? Have you ever been nervous to say something? Yeah. And, and I thought I'd play a little bit of, of songs for you guys. Can I play some music for you guys this morning? When I first started writing songs, I was so nervous to show anybody my songs. I was so, like, I was, I was shy. I, I remember the first time I wrote a song. I wrote a song for a girl and never did show her the song. To this day, never did show the girl the song. But I was so nervous. I showed it to my friend Daniel, and he's like, yeah, don't show her that song. It's not that great. <laughs> But I remember, like, as a kid, just being so shy. And when I saw that part in the movie, I just thought, you know, every, everyone can relate to a little bit of that fear of, of doing something or saying something. And I love how his dad said, sometimes all it takes is 20 seconds to overcome that fear, to just say what you need to say, to do what you need to do. Sometimes all it takes is 20 seconds to get up and just say it and just do the thing you need to do. And so um, I remember the first time that I 
played a song that I had written in front of people, and I was a teenager, and I got up in front of my high school, showed them my song. People literally, like, my brother walked out of the room at first and then came back in and cheered for me, but he was feeling nervous for me because he knew how nervous I was. I'm so thankful for my older brother, John. He's the best. But um, I remember that, that stirring up the courage and, you know, we just released this project called The Bold Project. And for me, it's near and dear to my heart because it takes boldness to do what we've been doing as a church. And, and, and with every step, I'm telling you, like, the more that we take bold steps of faith, the more we are blazing a trail for other people to follow. And generations are going to watch to see how Christians are responding to the times that we are in right now. So I went to our worship team last year and I just said, hey guys, I feel like we need to write some songs about faith and boldness and stir our church up to fight this good fight of faith. Paul said we're in a battle. And it's, it's not a battle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and uh, spiritual forces that we cannot see. There's a battle going on right over our heads. And so I, I sat down with our team. I said, let's write about this battle. So this first song uh, that I want to show you guys and, and the lyrics that came from it are really from this idea that we're in a battle, but we got the victory, right? And so it went like this. Um, There's a war going on over my soul, over my hope. There's a battle raging on in the unknown. A punch has been thrown. The enemy thought that he had won, that we were done. But I'm singing this song to remind him he's wrong, because there's breath in my lungs. I'm drawing a line in the sand. sand. I'm going to take my stand. Sand. No compromise. I'm here to fight. It's do or die. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the battle? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the battle. Hear my war cry. Lift my hands high. I'm ready for the battle. This is my time. This is my fight. I'm ready for the battle. Can I be honest with you, though? I wasn't ready for the battle. <laughs> I had to talk myself into the battle. Um, when are we ever ready for the battle, right? Like, when are we ever ready to do the thing that's scary to do? But you just got to do it. Like, you got to do it afraid. And you got to step up. I think David, he went after Goliath, not because he didn't have any fear, but because he knew God was bigger in him than the giant that was in front of him. I think when Esther went to walk before the king and her uncle Mordecai said, hey, Esther, don't think that if you don't say anything, like if you remain silent, that you're gonna escape this Holocaust that's coming towards the Jews because you will perish. You and your father's household will perish. But who's to know that you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And when Mordecai said that to Esther, it didn't make her fears disappear. It just gave her courage to go, I'm gonna do this afraid. And if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they went into that fiery furnace, they didn't walk in there without fear. They just walked in there with a greater fear of God than fear of man. They decided that fearing God was more important than fearing man. And they knew if we die, we die. But we know our God is able to deliver us even from this fiery furnace. When Daniel was thrown in the lion's den, when you read these stories in the Bible of these guys and girls who did crazy things, you should be stirred up because God is calling you to do the same type of things today in 2021. 
And so I told our team, I said, we've got we to write another verse about fear and how fear talks real big. And it's got a loud bark, but it's got a small bite. And so we went into this next verse. Even though my fear was staring me down, making me doubt. You talk real big, you run your mouth, but you're just loud. I'm not alone in this fight. My God is right by my side. When the enemy surrounds me, I got the victory. Stop. Everybody saying now be I. Hold up. Not everybody saying it. I need some, I need some help this morning. Like, okay. <laughs> when we get to this part in the song, in my mind, I picture the whole church like chanting with a rock fist. Like you got your rock fist up in there. I used to have a Christian rock band back in the day, Envoy, R.I.P. That was the name of our band. Someday we're gonna have a reunion tour. But <laughs> when we used to do our concerts, I would try, I was the front guy and I would always try to get the crowd to like throw up the rock fist, right? So I need you to get your rock fist up in the air. This is like your rock and roll fist. When we shout victory, what we're doing is we're pointing at fear, depression, suicidal thoughts, sin, addiction, strongholds, every enemy that's been coming after you or your family or your mind or your heart or your marriage or your whatever it is, your money, whatever's been messing with you. You got to get your rock fist up there. Here we go. Say V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Everybody say V-I-C. T-O-R-Y I'm drawing the line in the sand I'm gonna take my stand No compromise I'm in a fight It's do or die Here we go Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the battle? I'm ready I'm ready I'm ready for the battle Hear my war cry Lift my hands high Come on. How many of you guys, anybody work out, go to the gym? Nice. <laughs> I'm not going to ask for 100% participation on that because I'm still working on it myself. But when I do go to the gym, I got the headphones in, right? I want to get locked in on my workout. And I want to get that, that, that type of music that stirs me to like bench press and lift weights and run. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? A good playlist can keep the workout going strong. And you, do, you feel it less because you're like more excited about it. And so uh, there was this moment where I told our team, I said, do you guys remember Mighty Ducks, the movie Mighty Ducks? Emilio Estevez, nice. Coach Bombay. And so <laughs> ducks, 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 ducks. Anyways, there's this moment in Mighty Ducks when they're playing against the Hawks. Why are y'all looking at me like you've never seen Mighty Ducks? Guys, it's PG. It's all right. Like, it's not bad. Okay. We had the Guardian growing up, which would bleep out some cuss words, and not all cuss words, but some. And so we watched Mighty Ducks. Anyways, there's this moment where they're facing the Hawks, and it looks like they're going to lose because they're not doing too hot. And um, all of a sudden, like, they get the rock, the rock and roll vibe going on. And there's this song that starts. I remember as a kid, when I first heard this song, I was like, this is my jam. It was like, buddy, you're a big bop. You got mud on your face, a big disgrace. Kicking your can all over the place. Singing, we will. And I remember hearing that. <laughs> I remember hearing that, and I thought, the church 
needs to sing that to hell and to all the demons that we've got the victory over every demonic stronghold. So I told our team, I was like, how can we work this into the song? And that's where we came up with this. I need you guys' help. Give me a stomp and a clap. We know we got the victory. We All right, give yourselves a hand. That is really good. That is, we should make an album together. We can all buy it. <laughs> oh, gosh. I just have fun with you guys. Y'all are awesome. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so, again, coming back to boldness, let's talk about being bold, right? These songs, these songs come from that heart of saying, I am not going to sit back and just let my life pass by and watch everybody else do something big for God while I just survive and try to blend in. No, I'm gonna do something with my life. I am going to do something for God. I'm gonna reach out, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna pray bold prayers, I'm gonna speak bold words, I'm gonna make bold moves, I'm gonna call up people and I'm gonna have bold conversations, whatever it is, I'd rather fail miserably being bold than just survive in my comfort zone doing nothing with courage. And so this next song is, um, you guys heard it during offering, it's Kings and Queens. And when we wrote this song, I, again, I just sat down with the worship team. I said, guys, we've got to write a song that reminds them who they are in Christ. And um, I want us just to sing that verse for a second, and then I, and I'll explain to you a little bit of the story behind the bridge. Oh, I was very deep in my sin, couldn't see the light within, but I Heard you calling my name. Fear had kept me bound for too long. Didn't know where I belong, but I heard you calling my name. You say, sons and daughters, kings and queens, you belong to me. You are royalty, sons and daughters. So during this song, I, I told our team, I said, I think oftentimes what holds us back from living with boldness is that we don't know who we are. We don't know the royalty, the authority that we have. I was talking with Pastor Mark right before last night's service, and I said, when was the time when you like really embraced boldness as a kid? He said, I remember as a kid, there were these bullies that would hang out at the bus stop. And they were really intimidator type of guys. Like they were just mean. They were bullies. How many guys had bullies growing up as a kid, right? And so you know, you know what I'm talking about. And he said, I tried to avoid them at all costs. Like I didn't want to. I didn't want to be at the bus stop when they were there. I wanted to wait till they got on the bus. Like I just tried to stay away from them because they were intimidating to me. Until my dad came with me one day. And he said, when my dad was next to me, I had the boldness to walk right up to my bullies and looked him right in the face, and I was not afraid because my dad was with me. That's where our boldness comes from. When we know our Father is with us, we can face anything. We can walk into any situation without fear, without a sense of anxiety or stress. And you know what? Bullies don't disappear after middle school. 
their names change when you get in your 20s. When you're a kid, their names are like Kevin, James, and, and Johnny. I'm sorry if that's your name. <laughs> we'll just say Polly. Polly. <laughs> okay, Paul. All right. But, 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 but you have these bullies, and then when you get in your 30s, your 40s, the bullies change. It's, it's no longer Kevin. It's now alcohol. It's depression. It's suicide. It's, it's the fear of, of loss. It's divorce. It's shame. It's guilt. It's addictions. When you're, when you're in your 60s, your 70s, it's loneliness. It's why hasn't anyone come to see me? Why hasn't anyone called me? And, and these bullies stare you down and try to intimidate you and make you feel worthless and unworthy and inadequate. You should just throw your life away. But it's time for you to walk back up to those bullies and say, my dad's with me today. And I'm not backing down. And I'm not throwing in the towel. And so when we went into this bridge, as we were riding this bridge, I started thinking about how, you know, the world was shutting down. And we were, we were going through a time of just like, it just felt dark when the pandemic began. And we were hearing all these reports, COVID-19 is spreading and, and people are getting sick and people are dying and the church needs to shut down and we need to. And so I said, all right, we've got to figure out what we, what we need to do as a church. And I walked into the room and the room was empty on March 27th. And we were headed into Easter. Easter was eight days away. And I'd been told, I'd just been told by the mayor that we couldn't have Easter services in our room, that if we did, he was going to send like officers to come and arrest us and stuff. And I just was praying. I walked into the room, it was empty. And I was thinking, all right, Christ has left the tomb. The church has left the room. It might be empty in here, but we're going to find a way to be the church, to be the hands and feet, to gather together, to meet together. And that next week, we had our drive-in service as thousands of people came into the parking lot. And we began holding church services. And we began passing out food in the back parking lot and in North Tulsa, the Dream Center. And within a few weeks, we had given out 100,000 meals, then 200,000 meals. Then within like a month and a half, it was a million meals that we had given away. And the White House contacted us. They started sending farmers to, to families, food to the Dream Center, to Victory, because they knew that if we were going to be open, we could get the meals out to more people and to more churches and more towns. And we began feeding the state of Oklahoma and Arkansas and Texas and Kansas. And God started using this church during the pandemic y'all we gave over 11 million meals away during the year of 2020 and then we started leading thousands of people to Christ and so our team wrote this verse right here Christ has left the tomb the church has left the room God's doing something new. God's doing something new. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? And I loved it because I was just thinking, God is up to something amazing. I want to show you the last song that was on that bold project, and it's the song God Favors the Bold. Because I woke up in the middle of the night and I just felt the Lord was speaking over our church. Be bold, be bold, be bold, take a bold stand, step up, stand up, speak out, speak truth. And so these, these words started stirring in my heart about God favoring the bold and looking at the stories in the Bible of people who took bold steps and God's favor showed up. And so these words came to me here. Um, and Daniel prayed in the lion's den, he wouldn't bow down, he wouldn't give in. David came 
When Goliath called, he knew that God inside him would make giants fall. The same God who shut down the lions. The same God who took out Goliath. You're with me here in the fire, so I'm not backing down. God favors the boldness of my steps. God favors the boldness of my steps. Everywhere you lead me, I know you go before me. And all I gotta do is keep marching on by faith. Just keep marching on. Everybody say, keep marching on. When you don't know what to do, just keep marching on. When you're walking through trials and pain and people are hurting you and you're feeling rejected and you're feeling lonely and you're not sure if anyone else is walking with you, just take another step of faith. You know, oftentimes as we take those steps of faith and we're not sure what to do, but we're just following God and we're choosing to take the high road instead of the low road, we're choosing to walk in love, choosing to walk in forgiveness, choosing to be our best. As we take those steps of faith, God meets us in those moments and he brings favor. And last year, I remember as this song was being written, there was, there was riots breaking out across America. There was um, just a sense of, 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 of pain um, and people just feeling a whole lot of like just racial discrimination and there was marches happening. And I called a couple of guys that I'm friends with and I said, what can we do? And they said, what's on your heart? I said, I feel like we need to do a prayer and worship march. This is right after the death of George Floyd. And, and they said, man, if that's in your heart, Let's do it. Are you thinking like a month from now? I said, I'm thinking like two days from now. And they were like, okay. And they were like, around our parking lot? I said, no, like on the main road, like on Lewis. And they were like, well, let's, let's call the police and see if we can just take over the street of Lewis. And that's what we did. We walked down that street of Lewis and we began to pray and worship every race, every tribe, young boys and girls, moms and dads, grandparents, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, Native American, all of us walking together, police officers. We started worshiping and praying over our nation. And as we were marching down that street, the world was watching as most churches had shut down, but this church was not only open, we were marching down the street for justice, for peace, for unity, for healing for reconciliation for restoration and I'm telling you church you got to keep marching on and I didn't know what we were gonna do we were just out there and, and I'm, I'm looking at AJ I'm looking at Tim we're all walking together and Ashley and I just started singing these words and I remember as a kid my, my dad sometimes he would say you know Paul you just got to go right foot left foot keep marching on just take another step I started, I started singing that. Right foot, left foot, keep marching on. Right foot, left foot, keep marching on. Right foot, left foot, keep marching on by faith. Just keep marching on. When you're going through hard times. Right foot, left foot, keep marching on. No matter what happens. Left foot. Keep marching on when you don't know. Let's foot, keep marching on by faith. Just keep marching on. And then someone in, in the, the group of us that were we were marching, they started singing, Oh, when the saints go marching in. Oh, when the saints go marching in. 
church sing it with us oh when the saints go marching in oh when the saints go marching in oh how i like to be in that number when the saints go marching come on give yourselves a big hand everybody say be bold be Bold. I'm going to ask these guys to help me take this. As we come to the end of this message, I want to encourage you to think about those areas in your life where you've been intimidated, you've been afraid, and God's calling you to walk in boldness. I want the worship team to come out. I think there's four things God calls us to be bold in. One, he calls us to pray bold prayers. Pray bold prayers. Our prayers should, should almost scare us what we're praying and asking from God. Like, if I'm praying prayers that I can answer myself, then I'm not praying bold prayers. If I'm saying, Lord, just help me go to work today. I, he gave me two feet. I can go to work today. Lord, help me, help me to love people today. He, he's given me that. <laughs> you know, that is a pretty big prayer <laughs> for some people. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but, but I also encourage you, pray prayers that scare you a little bit. You know, when Jabez in the Bible was named Jabez by his parents, his name actually meant pain. It, we find his story in, um, in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 10, the story of a boy named Jabez. His parents called him Jabez because when he was born, he brought great pain to his mom. Imagine if your parents just called you pain. Like you walk around, hey, pain, you've been a real pain today, pain. You know, just <laughs> major pain. And uh, pain, like constantly bringing pain wherever you go. And Jabez finally was ready to just reject the labels and the lids that, that people had put on him, coaches and teachers and parents. And he decided, I'm going to be different. I'm going to change the labels that are put on me. And he prayed to God. He said, oh, God, I pray that you would bless me, that you would enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me. Keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request because he had the audacity to ask for it. Bold prayers honor God, and God honors bold prayers prayers. Elijah prayed for rain and God brought the rain. Elijah prayed for revival and God brought revival. Elijah prayed for fire and God brought the fire. My dad prayed for a church and God gave him a church. Oral Roberts prayed for a university and God gave him a university. When you begin to pray and ask God for the dreams he's put in your heart, watch what God will do as you begin to stir your faith up to pray bold prayers. Secondly, speak bold words. Speak bold. We're watching the world as they come out loud and proud about what they feel and what they believe and what they think should happen for our nation and, and what they think about so many things. And it's time for you and I to speak bold words with love, but to still speak bold words that God has a plan for every boy and girl and they are made in his image and God designed them for a purpose, not on accident. And life is important to God from the womb to the tomb. God cares about every single person. And God has a design for your sexuality and for your gender. And he's not a confused God about you. And he didn't create you to be a confused person about yourself. The world is bold about their confusion. The world is bold about their emotions and their feelings. And the church has got to be bold about the truth found in God's word. So we've got to pray bold prayers. We've got to speak bold words. We've got to dream bold dreams. 
and we've got to make bold actions. Across scripture, there's this moment in Acts chapter 4 when the disciples, they were put in prison for preaching the word of God. And King Herod told them, if you preach, we're going to beat you. You're going to be stoned to death. You'll be killed if you keep preaching. And they said, we cannot help but speak about the name of Jesus. No matter what you threaten us with, we refuse to bow down to the cancel culture of our day. We are going to continue to speak the truth of God's word. And they said, Lord, give us boldness. That was their prayer in Acts chapter 4. You can read it. It's powerful. They said, Lord, give us boldness in the face of our enemies. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. God wants you to have boldness no matter what you're facing. Boldness in uncertainty. Boldness even in adversity. Boldness even in tragedy. Boldness in familiarity. That on Mondays you should be bold. On hard days, you should be bold. On snowy days, you should be bold. On sunny days, you should be bold. You know, I think about, I follow Elon Musk on social media. And, um, you know, he's this, this wealthy billionaire who's dreaming crazy dreams. And he's thinking about ways to send people to Mars. Some of you guys have people you want to send to Mars. <laughs> You're like, Elon, help me. I need to get on this soon. There's a couple people. Um, but Elon's thinking about highways he's building underground and, and he's saying bold things. And, and I think about people, you know, like Bezos who started Amazon and they're doing bold things and, and it all benefits them. It's like it's all about benefiting, making more money, making more money, rewards on earth, rewards on earth. But one day all those rewards are going to fade away. I don't care how rich you are, all of your riches here on earth one day are going to fade away. They'll end up in an inheritance to some kid, some grandkid, some other grandkid, and someday it'll all be gone. Your cars, your houses, your planes, your businesses, but I'll tell you what won't be gone. Your rewards in heaven will outlast everything here on earth. And when I make bold decisions on earth that have a kingdom impact, I have rewards that outlast Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Steve Jobs and, and Disney World, all of these people who've done some bold things. I don't wanna just make bold moves that benefit me. I wanna make bold moves that benefit the kingdom of God. I wanna make bold moves that create rewards in heaven. So what does that look like? It looks like witnessing to someone this week, leading someone to Jesus, praying for someone. Ah, what if I pray for them and they don't like it? I dare you to try this week. I dare you to initiate a conversation this week to, to, to just invite someone to church. Be bold this week. There's someone that you need to forgive. There's someone you need to call and maybe you've been going, I just, I'm afraid if I call them, it's not gonna go well. There's a family member who said some mean things to you. There, there, there's things that you need to confront. There's stuff that you need to face. And I'm encouraging you today to take a spirit of boldness and say, I'm not backing down. I'm not gonna live in shame. I'm not gonna live in fear. For some of you, the bold decision is to give your heart to Jesus. For some of you, the bold decision is to get in a connect group, a summer connect group, to join a community. For some of you, the boldness is to open up to a friend and confess some things that you just need to get off your chest. For some of you, the boldness is to start volunteering in the church, to become a mentor, to maybe adopt and, and, and be a part of uh, having a foster home family. Whatever that thing is that you're afraid of, whatever that dream is that you put on the shelf, whatever's been holding you back, today it's time to jump in the pit with the, the, the lion on a snowy day and to take out those fears. I want you to close your eyes all over this room. Bow your heads. Lord, I pray right now for a spirit of boldness. God, I pray for boldness to declare the word of God. Boldness to do the things for God. Boldness to walk in obedience. Boldness to have the conversations they need to have. Boldness to be the man that they're called to be, the woman that they're called to be. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that fear has to bow down. That spirit of fear. You've not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound 
mine. Lord, I pray for the people in the room, God, who have books inside them to write, songs they need to write, ideas they need to start. God, I'm reminded of that, that, that quote from Miles Monroe when he was still alive, and he said, the wealthiest place in the world is the graveyard, because in the graveyard are dreams that people never acted on, books that people never released because of the fear of being rejected, ideas that were never brought up because of the fear of not being good enough. Lord, I pray that people that, that, that are in this room that have things in their heart to do that have been held back by fear and the intimidation of people and bullies in their life. God, that today is a day to face their fears. Today is a day to surrender, to live with boldness. Right now, if that's you in this room, before I ask you to raise your hand, I, I want to I give you a visual image. Today is June 6th. And, and if, you, if you read American history, you know that this is D-Day. Because on June 6, 1944, America got involved in World War II. While Hitler was ravishing Europe and killing thousands, hundreds of thousands of Jews, and the Holocaust was happening, America sat back, watched, and didn't do anything until we were awakened. And bombs were dropped on Pearl Harbor. And when they, when they attacked Pearl Harbor, they said, I fear all we have done is awaken the sleeping giant. And all of a sudden, America was provoked for a purpose, got involved, teamed up with Great Britain, and, and we begin to storm the beaches of Normandy. On June 6th, D-Day, if you ever saw Saving Private Ryan, you see these soldiers getting out of these boats as bombs are being dropped and bullets are flying in their faces, and they begin to run towards the beaches. What are they doing? They're running to set the captives free. They're running to go and fight for the Jews that are in these concentration camps. They're running to stop Hitler and his regime that was demonically attacking and taking over, creating a genocide in Europe. Y'all, we have a war to fight. And it is time to declare D-Day on every demonic thing that has been pushing the church back, that has been pushing you back, that's been causing you to live in fear, depression, anxiety. You are in a war for your hope. You are in a war for your joy. You are in a war for your purpose. And my prayer is that this message would somehow awaken the sleeping giant inside of you. My, my, my prayer is that this message somehow provokes you a little bit. Where you go, gosh, why does he, he keep on saying be bold? I, I'm trying to drop a bomb for a second on you, metaphorically. A truth bomb. That you were created for more than just survival mode. You were created for more than just watching on the sidelines. Everybody else do something outside their comfort zone. You were created to do something bold. To be bold. To dare to dream bold. And to make bold steps of faith. Now, would you close your eyes? All over this room, if you're here today and you say, I need boldness in my life. I need the courage to do some things, to say some things, to start witnessing, to start living with greater boldness. If that's you, raise your hand all over this room. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You're saying, this is for me. I, I, I've got to stop living in fear of what people think. I've got to stop living in intimidation, the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, the fear that it's not going to work out. I've got to stop just trying to be invisible. I've got to, I've got to rise up in boldness all over this room. Now I'm going to ask you to do something bold. I'm going to ask you to leave your seat. Come down to this altar. Take a bold step to say, I need courage in my life. I need boldness. I don't know what it's for, but you know what it's for. You know exactly what it's for. You know exactly what it's about. And the Holy Spirit is tugging you, saying, don't stay in your comfort zone. 
This is the first step towards boldness is going publicly in front of everyone to say, I need courage. I need courage to do some things that I've been afraid to do. I need courage to face some things that I have been running from. Lions that have been just in the pit and I've walked away from them. But the Lord is saying, it is time to take out that thing that's been trying to take you out. It is time to face that thing that has been scaring you, that has been pushing you back. As people are coming down today, I want to invite those of you that are in the room. You say, man, I need to get right with God. I am not right with God, and I've got to repent. I've got to get right. I've got to surrender. If that's you, just raise your hand. Just come down to the altar. Come and join us. Today is the day of forgiveness. Today is the day of fresh beginnings. Today is the day of new starts. Today is the day for God. Salvation has come to your home today. If you need Jesus, come down to the altar. If you just need Jesus, come down to the altar. Maybe you just got... got done doing something you shouldn't have done last night or this morning, but you're in church today. This is your opportunity. Don't miss it. Come to the altar today. Get right with Jesus today. Join this group of bold believers that are taking a step of faith. Taking a step of faith. I want us to sing that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. And I want you to just declare this today. You're speaking this over your mind, your heart. I am a child of God. Oh, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer.
pray this together. Say, Jesus, I'm all yours. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. I confess you as my Lord, my Savior. I repent of sin. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me boldness, calling me a child of God. I can walk in boldness because you live in me. My best days are right in front of me, and I have victory because you live in me. Amen and amen. Come on, give God praise. I love you. God loves you.